Good evening. If you will, go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, and we'll get there in just a moment. Have you ever noticed how the world sets different standards for children than they do adults? You know, sometimes those standards are necessary, aren't they? We say uh, when you get to be 15, you can get your permit. And when you get to be 16, you can drive. The other standards that the world may place as a standard that isn't a standard from God but comes directly from the world is them saying things that adults can do that children cannot. Some of those we would disagree with, right? Such as uh, when you're 18 or 21, you can smoke, or when you're 21, you can drink, or when you're um, 18, you can vote. Some of those standards that are put forth by the world and not by God's word. You see, the world has different standards sometimes for children to protect them, don't they? And sometimes they're just there to have some kind of date that would apply for the standard. We mentioned smoking, we mentioned drinking. In some ways it makes sense and we want to protect our children while they're young and innocent from making bad decisions in their lives. But why do we say it is all right for adults to do those things and not for children to do those things? Is it okay for adults to smoke? Is it really okay for adults to drink? Is it okay for the Christian to participate in things that the world would see in a negative way? Well, each and every one of us has to make our own decision, don't we? As we grow up, we make decisions about our own personal life. And the decisions we make sometimes only apply to us. They only affect us. But then sometimes those decisions can affect others as well. As Christians, we are the children that need protection from the world around us. And the Bible gives us some examples of just that. In the book of Matthew, chapter 18, beginning in verse 3. Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself as a little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. It's interesting how the world says, well, when you grow up, you can do these certain things. I don't know if you've been watching the news at all lately. A few months ago, there was some uh, people on the news uh, that were saying that parents needed to get permission from their children before they changed their nappy, their diaper. I thought, well, now that's interesting. I don't think I ever got permission from one of my kids to change their diaper. How do you do that? They said, well, the child will make eye contact with you. Well, most of the time when they were little bitty, they were crying and there's no eye contact. So I'm not sure how they get that. And then just recently, this past week, they were saying that children should be um, called by gender-neutral pronouns like them and they instead of him and her or she and he. And they were saying that 
Um, a child, a, a male child and a female child are no different. Did you hear that? That a male child and a female child are no different until they get to about age four. And then they can decide if they're male or female. Let that sink in for a minute. They say that Christians are crazy. They say that Christians are crazy. Is that not crazy? They don't want to call them babies anymore. They're now going to be called babies. That's crazy talk. God made them in the beginning. He made them male and female. He created them. Do you know anything about biology at all? You know that males are different than females. And they have some parts or missing parts that, that make them different, right? Because that's how God created them. The world should not be our standard for how, what we do when we grow up. But the Bible should. Like children, we need to isolate ourselves from bad influences in the world. It's very difficult to do nowadays to keep yourself away from the negative influences. It's very bad for the Christian to know where they're going to shop or where they're going to, where they're going to go to school or whatever because of the influences that companies and things have on the world that we don't want to be part of, that we don't want to be identified with. And it's becoming more and more difficult for the Christian to find a, a place to shop that does not have some political view that is contrary to God's will. In 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says we need to be strangers to the world's ways. Beloved, I beg you as sojourners, as pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust which war against the soul. We need to stay away from those things that can cause us to stumble. One of those verses that we use very often is a very good verse for us to use. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 13. We understand that with every temptation there is a way of escape. But sometimes we as Christians have to look for that way, don't we? The best way of escape is to not put yourself in a bad situation that will cause you to stumble. That will cause you to be tempted beyond what you're able to bear. The best way is to stay away from those situations. In Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 12. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you, by the Spirit, you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live you know, we go back to the Garden of Eden. Back at the very beginning after the world was created and God made mankind and he made them male and female and they were in this beautiful garden and he gave them one rule. Do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil or you will surely die. And oh... Satan came along disguised as a serpent and he said, you will not surely die. The reason God doesn't want you to partake of that tree is because you will be like God. They partook of that. They sinned and sin entered into the world and therefore a spiritual death 
took place. We can look through the Bible for the, God, for the uh, scheme of redemption and understand that man has sinned, that man sins, and that we need to be restored back to God. And God has given us the opportunity to do that through His Son, by obedience to the gospel plan of salvation, and by the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. If we live after the flesh, we will die like the flesh. And our death could be a spiritual death as well if we don't stay the path that God wants us to stay on. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, we need to cleanse ourselves of the defilement of sin. 2 Corinthians chapter 7 and verse 1, Therefore having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Do you fear God? Do you show God reverence and respect? Well, we should. We as Christians should always respect our God. Sometimes we let our children do things that we won't want an adult to do. I'll give you a funny example. When your children are, are little bitty and, and we're, we're so excited when they start to crawl and we get so excited when they start to walk and then once they start walking we're thinking, well, man, I wish they were still crawling or man, I wish they weren't crawling or walking because then we can keep them in one location. They don't make as big a mess as then either, do they? But when you, uh, when you get your little child out and they've just began to walk and you get them out of the bathtub and we let them run around the house sometimes in their birthday suit, right? That's all right for a little child to do in their own home, right? But we wouldn't want an adult running around the house in their birthday suit. Some things that are acceptable as a child are not necessarily acceptable when you are an adult. So we get after the, ch- the kids while they are young to wear proper clothing and to not be around people unclothed when they should be clothed in the presence of others. Just another application. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. One that we're very familiar with. Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 6. Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. We understand that we put foundations in our children when they're young. The foundation is the proper clothing to wear. The proper things to say. The proper things to do. Or even teaching them that these particular things are not proper for them to do or say or wear. We set our children on the right path now so that when they grow old, they stay on that path. It's interesting to me when you look at the world, there are ways that sometimes we as parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and Brothers and sisters are negative influences on those who are younger than us. I've seen little girls in short dresses that mothers would not dare wear because it's too short for them. But yet we need to instill in them when they're young so that when they grow up, they already have the standards there so that they're not wearing dresses that are immodest and inappropriate in the world.
Yes, we know that those things make people look cute. But they also cause feelings and they cause people to sin for we're giving them reasons to do that from the lack of apparel sometimes that we wear. I've seen in little boys where they use polite swear words, but we would not dare allow their fathers to do that in the presence of others. Children are sent to dance classes, but then we as adults say that dancing slowly with someone may be wrong. We put things in priorities, don't we? We should instill in our children the priorities that church is more important than sports or church is more important than sleepovers on Saturday night. There are so many excuses that we can make and instill in our children when they're young to make them get their priorities out of order and their foundation weak. When we grow up, we want to be like God. We want to be like Christ and sinless and living our life the best that we can so that one day we can receive that home in heaven. Now we understand that Christians are not sinless people. That's why we're here. That's why we worship. That's why we go to God in prayer to ask forgiveness of the things that we've committed. But we can be presented one day before the throne of God as a lamb without spot or blemish because of the blood that was shed on the cross for our sins. Children that are allowed to skip services because they slept late or because they have a soccer game or a soccer tournament or a baseball game or a baseball tournament, that's not how we should teach our children. We should teach our children that God comes first before sports. God comes first before sleepovers. God comes first before playing video games so late at night that you're going to sleep late on Sunday morning. But we as a we as adults need to be the proper example to the children. Are we raising, raising our children in ways that they should not go rather than raising them in ways they should go? Should we be letting our children do things while they are young that we will tell them not to do once they mature? Some people in the world may say, well, there's no harm in that. There's no harm in them having a a baseball game or a soccer game and going to that instead of going to church. But we are implanting in them priorities in their life. Some would also say, why burden a child with adult problems? Turn, if you will, over to the Old Testament. In the book of Lamentations, chapter 3, beginning in verse 25. Lamentations Chapter 3, beginning in verse 25. The Lord is good to those who wait for Him, to the soul who seeks Him. It is good that one should hope and wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It is good for a man to bear the yoke of his youth. 
Let him sit alone and keep silent because God has laid it on him. Let him put his mouth in the dust. There may yet be hope. Let him give his cheek to the one who strikes him and be full of reproach. Children need to become accustomed to the yoke of Christianity. Even when they're young, they need to understand that there are certain ways that God would want us to act and certain boundaries God would want us to stay in. We have an example of that. In Matthew chapter 11 in verse 29, a passage that should be very familiar to all of us, Christ there speaking says, Take my yoke upon you and learn of me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light my yoke is easy and my burden is light the yoke of Christianity can be easy and the burden light if we depend on God for the things that we need in our lives and go by His Word. It's interesting if we, uh, we pick up our Bibles and we scroll through the pages that are written therein, we understand that this gives us the road map to heaven, doesn't it? It gives us all things pertaining to life and godliness. It gives us the road map for us to get to heaven one day. You know, it's interesting also that God said, um, wide is the way that leads to destruction and there be many that find it. But narrow is the way that leads to life. And few there be that find it. When I grow up, I want to learn my Bible. When I grow up, I want to be faithful All the days of my life. When I grow up, I want to die a faithful Christian so that I can have eternal life one day as promised by God. Youth is the time to begin serving God. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12 and verse 1, Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them we set our standards when we're young so when we grow old it becomes natural for us to follow God in Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 8 some people believe that young people need time to sow their wild oats before settling down Proverbs chapter 22 and verse 8 says, He who sows iniquity will reap sorrow, and the rod of his anger will fail. Yes, sometimes when we sow wild oats, we reap the consequences. In Hosea chapter 10, verses 12 and 13, Sow for yourselves righteousness, Reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. You have plowed wickedness, you have reaped iniquity, you have eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way and the multitude of your mighty men. 
God warns us not to sow bad oats because we'll reap bad things. So why don't we listen to God instead of the world? In Galatians chapter 6, beginning in verse 7, Do not be deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows of the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Are we sowing the oats of a spiritual life to stay faithful spiritually so that we can reap the benefits spiritually one day? Or are we being overcome by the flesh, that carnal sins that we participate in? What does the Bible say? It says, you plant what you get. You plant what you get. You also get what you plant, don't you? The idea that boys will be boys and they'll grow out of it is a lie that the world wants us to believe. If they're not trained to do what is right, they will continue in doing what is wrong, whether it be male or female. In 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 12, Paul's speaking to Timothy here and he says this, Let no one despise your youth, but be an example to the believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Our young people can be an example to us if they're trained in the proper way according to God's word. And we, in turn, should be a proper example to them as well. Fathers, bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4. Do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Do not bring them up in worldliness. Do not teach them things that shouldn't, they shouldn't do now or even when they're older. Because the standard is the same in both situations. And make righteous living a natural habit in our children's life so that when they become older, it can be a natural habit in their adult life. Give them a good foundation. Love them. Care for them. Encourage them. Do not provoke them to wrath, but yet show them love and the care that God shows us we need to show to our children as well. If you have your bulletin, you can uh, pull it out, and there's a poem in there. I'm going to read it for you. It's entitled, Mary Had a Little Boy, and it's not my poem. it's, It's off the internet. Mary had a little boy. His soul was white as snow. He never went to Sunday school because Mary wouldn't go. He never heard the truth of Christ that thrilled the childish mind. While other children went to class, this child was left behind. And as he grew from babe to youth, 
she saw to her dismay a soul that once was snowy white became a dingy gray. Realizing he was lost, she tried to win him back. But now the soul that once was white had turned an ugly black. She even started back to church and Bible study too. She begged the preacher, isn't there, any, isn't there a thing that you can do? The preacher tried, failed, and said, we're just too far behind. I tried to tell you years ago, but you would pay no mind. And so another soul is lost that once was white as snow. Sunday school could have helped, but Mary wouldn't go. When we grow up, we want to be children of God. When we continue to grow, we want to be a faithful child of God. When our children grow up, we want them to be faithful in the Lord's church. Faithful in their relationship with God. If you look at the statistics that the world has shown through different studies, and I understand studies can have all kinds of of variables, but if you look at the statistics of children who were brought up in in the church and then uh, leave the church, it is mind-blowing. So what more can we do? We can do things like the Sowers program that, that Harrison has has presented to us to encourage our young people to be faithful, to give them the proper example that they need in their life, to be faithful in their adult years so that they can receive that home in heaven one day. There may be some here this evening who they've grown up, but they've not remained faithful. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 10 says, Remain faithful unto death to receive that crown of life. We need to remain faithful in the things that God would have us to do. We need to hear the word of God, believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, repent of our sins, stop sinning on purpose, have a change of mind, confess with the mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and be buried in a watery grave of baptism, raised to walk in newness of life. We're to remain faithful unto death to receive the crown of life. If you aren't a Christian, why not? Are you grown up? Are you ready to take on the responsibilities of being a Christian and a faithful child of God so that one day you can receive that home in heaven? If you are a Christian and you've fallen away from your responsibilities to yourself or to others, you've sinned publicly and need to repent publicly, or you need the prayers and thoughts of your brothers and sisters in Christ. We offer you an invitation to come forward now as together we stand and as we sing.